Welcome to the HR Room Podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR, where we talk to business leaders from around Ireland and share their advice on how to create the HR systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, simply visit www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the HR Room podcast. Despite much progress in gender equality in the workplace, many industries still face big challenges in achieving their goals in this area. One very well-known Irish company are leading the way though in this regard and are coming off the back of two wins at this year's CIPD Ireland HR Awards for their efforts. So joining us today to talk about their recent success is the wonderful Linda Allen, Head of Talent at Erin Road Air and Irish Rail. Thanks for joining us, Linda. How are you? Thanks, Owen. I'm really good. Thank you. And that was such a lovely introduction. Yes, of course. And as always, we're joined by our very own Mary Cullen, Founder and Managing Director here at Inside HR. Hello, Mary. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Owen. And you're very welcome, Linda. Lovely to have you here. Brilliant. So we kick off with a congrats, Linda. We might start start off with, I suppose, talking about the project itself and what, what it was all about. So I suppose, Linda, what were the goals of what you did? What was the baseline? What were you trying to get to? Sure. So the first category we won in the CIPD awards was in the area of learning and development. And this was about targeting uh, female leaders at all stages of the talent pipeline. So right through from entry stage up to um, emerging senior management level. So I suppose in 2019, when I first came into the role like that, we'd under 10 percent of seniorship, senior leadership roles in Irish Rail were held by women. And when I came into the role, my job was to develop more female leaders, you know, to increase the level of female applicants for more senior roles. So I launched two development programs. And what I found was that there was such a low rate of female applications. You know, it it asked me or it, it made me look at what was going on. You know, why were women not applying for these development programs? Why were women not applying for promotions? You know, was it a system thing? Was it a cultural piece or was it an education piece? And it was really about, I suppose, trying to understand what was actually going on underneath the hood, so to speak. Brilliant. So I suppose, what did the program entail and what was, what was to it? What were the ins and outs? Sure. Yeah. So we wanted to have it, I suppose, research driven and really use diagnostics to support the the needs of future female leaders and really make sure that the program, you know, had the, the correct aims and learning objectives, that it wasn't just, you know, a tick the box exercise that was really important to us and that this program would succeed, you know, would foster promotional prospects for for more women to succeed and actually have that as a metric and to see more women move into senior positions. But I think what was really important for me was to have representation for future female leaders because I had come into the organization at 19 and there had been very few female leaders. In fact, we've only one female leader on the senior team and that is only within recent years. So to kind of have those role models to see female leaders operate, you know, that was something that that was missing in, in my career. So that was something that meant a huge amount to me and that maybe we'd put you know 20 women on these programs every year and what we'd see then is as women applied for promotions and as women moved into more senior roles 
they would be representation then for other women to, to see. So that was really the aims. The design of the program was a series of masterclasses supported with leadership coaching. And what we found after the first program was that we saw an increase in uh, things like self-concept, self-esteem, self-confidence and emotional intelligence. But I think what was really important for me was we saw women were saying that they were motivated and they had the ambition now to put themselves forward to, to lead a team and they had acquired the necessary skills, you know, to be able to do that. Brilliant. I suppose nice to come full circle as Linda, I suppose, being there so long and, and seeing it come around. So that's it's fantastic. Yeah. So Mary, yeah. is this a, an issue we see facing a lot of companies here in Ireland, I suppose, the need for more gender balance challenges of trying to make it happen? Absolutely. Own. I think it's, you know, part of a national strategy, even, you know, if, if you look at uh, on International Women's Day, this year, um, the Irish Human Rights and Equality Commission uh, published their code of practice on equal pay. Um, you have gender pay gap reporting, which is coming into effect uh, with the first reports due uh, by the end of the year. And so you're seeing much more focus on um, equality nationally and across Ireland um, and this is part of, of uh, something that's been coming for quite some time and something that's been promised for quite some time so I think it's going to spur on um, a lot of change at an organisational level particularly when it comes to gender pay gap reporting um, and where we're analysing the differences between men and women and uh, how that plays out in the workplace so from a developing female leaders in the future perspective it's absolutely wonderful to see it happening and like you Linda you know all through my career when I worked in-house in HR roles I looked upwards and I didn't see um, female leaders represented at the most senior levels of the organization HR tends to be predominantly female, so we, we usually have a voice at that senior level, but often we're not where we need to be either um, from a female position perspective. And so I think there are some real fundamental questions that organisations need to ask themselves. And, and I find it fascinating that women themselves deselected. It wasn't that they weren't able to apply for these programs they could have but they weren't doing that and so it's really interesting to hear that you looked at that particular issue and looked at developing programs specifically for women um i find it fascinating Thanks, Mary. I think what we tried to do was focus on women centric rather than women only, because I think, as you say, the system and the culture plays a huge part in, in why women are, are not putting themselves forward. It are, is that behavior been reinforced? So what we've tried to do is as the, we've put 90 women now through the leadership programs, we've asked those women if they would be mentors. So kind of changing the mentor profile, because when you looked at the mentor profile and the list, it was predominantly men again. So trying to change the perception of what a mentor actually looks like and like that hashtag breaking the bias, the theme, as you said, of International Women's Day. But there's so many unconscious biases in the organization and the culture where when you ask high potentials to think of a mentor they automatically think of a man still 
so we were really trying to change that through representation and you know representation really does matter and we're seeing that even with Disney aren't we with is it Encanto where we saw on LinkedIn that famous I just really touched my heart when you saw the boy and he saw someone like him on the screen and it's just it, it is you know deep personal work to me as well it's a deep personal passion to have representation um, across Erin Road Erin because I think it will turn the company around when when you have that level of diversity at a senior level mm, definitely and I know it's it's probably in its in its uh, I suppose younger years now this program in because I imagine it's going to be a long-term project for Erin Road Erin but have there yeah. been any kind of standout results uh, so far Sure, yep. So we had 17% now. So I mentioned it was 9.8%. So 17% of women um, are now in senior leadership roles. We've exceeded parity in terms of gender representation at board level. So we now have 56% female board members, which has absolutely changed the profile. So for example, one of our board members has a huge interest in disability issues, another member very much around the menopause. So we're starting to see women's issues, you know, come to the fore. Uh, What we're seeing as well is that uh, a lot of senior female roles, like our chief procurement officer is now female, our recruiting managers are female, you know, our environmental managers, our health and well-being managers. So we're starting to see huge developments uh, across the different levels of the, of the organization. And even myself, the CEO, has spoken to me about getting involved more in female boards and you know encouraging me to apply for state boards and there was a webinar there recently all around that and trying to encourage women to to put themselves forward because we really do benefit from mixed boards and and not just uh, male female but but all sorts of diversity Mm -hmm. so I think that's it's so important you get the best results that way definitely I think building on that Mary I suppose this is kind of another great example that we've heard so many uh, examples of thank god over the over the past few podcasts we've done but it's another great example of HR and the associated um, departments really kind of aligning to business goals in a way isn't it? Yeah because the reality is there is no difference in terms of uh, ability, capability, competence, uh, ability to uh, make their presence felt, influencing skills, negotiating skills. In fact in some of these areas women are actually stronger than men so there's no good reason for women not to be represented at the senior levels of organizations at board level like you say Linda that's just so important you know I think we can be proud when we look upwards in our organizations and see that equal representation and representation of people who are in marginalised groups. Um, while we have our legislation in place through the Employment Equality Acts, you know, it, it, it doesn't do enough uh, at an organisational level unless we have specific programmes and, you know, plans and goals around equality in the workplace um it's just so important that we get there as a society and i know we've spoken a few times on this particular podcast series around iceland and it's um gender pay parity that they have now um there you know it's a country to look at and admire in terms of 
what they do and the way in which they have changed things at a national level uh, in Iceland. And I think Ireland um, tends to be at the forefront of you know, bringing forward positive employment related um, initiatives, you know, unlike other countries in the world, you know, we're really at the forefront in, of embracing some of these things. Um, and I, I'm delighted to see um, us pushing forward uh, on equality issues because the reality is there's no difference between men and women so why is it happening and while women obviously step out of work at times to have a family um, and may require more flexibility at certain points in their career that doesn't mean that they're not capable uh, of taking on senior roles and, and carrying them out effectively. Yeah, 100% agreed, Mary. And what we've actually really tried to do is attract even into the railway more females because our gender pay gap might be more favourable towards women because of the low numbers that we have in terms of male-female ratio. So 11%, 12% women and, and the, the remaining men. So it is about looking under the hood of those statistics and actually looking at the levels and the tiers and how many are, are working in, in those different areas and, and those minority groups but we've really tried to run talent attraction campaigns around apprenticeships so our apprentice program is is currently live and like that we're really trying to attract diversity in into that space female drivers again holding open days try a trade days to encourage more women to actually see what's involved and maybe you know challenge perception and work with career guidance we we have a good network with our career guidance uh, students because what we found even at entry level of talent was when we were at career fairs women would walk past Irish Rail and say oh that's not for me that's that's a male organization so we'd be running after them to say come back we'd like to speak to you we'd like to to talk to you a bit more and challenge those perceptions so there's there's bringing in the talent I suppose at the entry level and nurturing it right through and then there's maybe more senior hires and then you know board representation so trying to to tackle it at, at different stages um, which is so important we are a member of the 30 percent club and that really opens my eyes you know it, it really gave me that external perspective and allowed me to network with other professionals plus it allowed me i suppose to see more senior women that i wouldn't have seen and just to learn from them because you wouldn't have that um, role modeling is that the word uh, within Erin Rodare and so that has really yeah that has really changed me I think and, and my perception and and given me that outside perspective and it's been a great learning um, opportunity as well the 30% club so yeah. for, our, for our listeners Linda would you just explain what the 30% club is so that they understand that Sure. So it's a global campaign and it's supported by board chairs and CEOs of medium and large organizations. There's an Irish branch here, but they're committed to achieving gender balance at leadership levels throughout their organization for better business outcomes. So they would tend to meet um, at different points in the year with a different focus or a different theme. But ultimately, their goal is to bring um, it's not just a women only organization. They would invite um 
senior CEOs, chairmen. It was actually our chairman, Frank Allen, who asked my manager who, who brought me along. So what I loved was it was very inclusive leadership because sometimes we tend to do women only events. I'm guilty of it myself. Kind of we have a women in rail network. But actually, if you bring men and women together, as they are in everyday life it's funny how we keep them separate in a, in a workplace um oh and we're glad you're here today to to, to bring the balance uh, you know it, it it brings great results so i think the inclusive piece where men are advocating for women and, and my manager sheldon norton has encouraged me has you know challenged me has when i felt down on myself or maybe didn't think i was good enough he, he always encouraged me and what we see in Erin Roderin is the line manager from our research is absolutely critical or, or pivotal in, in a woman's career. And he would have asked me to go to the 30% club. So that was my kind of gateway um, in. Yeah, it's Gillian Harford, I think, is the, the leader or the executive owner of the 30% club and such an accessible woman and so open and is so supportive. Yes. Yeah, so that, that has been my experience. And yeah, it's been a great one. To be honest, there. Yeah. I think that's probably something yeah. that kind of stood out to, to me, and I know you'll probably agree, Mary, about this this yeah. piece of work that Ian Rodern are doing. It's kind of how deep it runs. I suppose, Linda, can you talk to us a bit more about kind of the, the policies? Because I know obviously there's that big, huge external recruitment piece where kind of getting the yeah. everything out there. But can you talk to us a bit about maybe the training, the policies that were kind of behind it as well? So with the graduate programs, we've really tried to attract diversity and again, ethnic diversity, uh, gender diversity, and what we do as part of the graduate development program, and, and we won this category of talent management, was we do a lot of work around uh, cultural learning, um, challenging unconscious bias, inclusive leadership uh, with with that particular cohort. But where we do need to move to, to be honest, and it was a question I was asked at the CIPD presentation, which was a really good one. What are you doing with the rest of the workforce? So, you know, we had started, I suppose, talent management had looked at talent development of female leaders, graduate development, but maybe there was the rest of the organization that we needed to look at in terms of training, because it has been so interesting, even for myself within the HR leadership team, when I challenge, when I question you know, you watch the reactions and there's a cultural change that has to happen there too because it's uncomfortable for everyone. We're all coming out of our comfort zone. I'm uncomfortable challenging. Maybe other people are uncomfortable on the receiving end of that and, you know, everything that goes with that. So there's definitely, uh, you know, need for that wider um, equality, diversity, inclusion piece. So our equality officer manager is Norman Hart and he has worked with the Irish Centre for Diversity. We were, we achieved, is it a bronze award? Yeah, the first one uh, for the policies and procedures. And again, there's a steering group been set up uh, with our CEO and our board members and I'm part of that. And also then we have a working group where we work with our union reps and our, our, our union um, heads and also a number of staff around the company. So there was an audit kind of as a diagnostic piece done and like that there's a series of actions coming out of it. Recruitment is always an interesting area that comes up you know where people feel sometimes the, the right person hasn't been selected so I suppose like anything where 10, 10 people apply and one gets selected maybe sometimes a number of the others don't feel it's fair but I think we've looked at things like gender decoders you know, equality statements and adverts, um, trying to make, uh, use the language uh, that will attract more women. And we've done a lot of research, partic particularly in graduates, 
like women in particular are attracted to more ethical organizations. Um, so we've really tried to develop that as part of our employer value proposition. And also the green agenda, we've asked graduates to join the green movement because we've a huge sustainability piece. So what you're really trying to do, I suppose, is connect up everything within HR. Um, and we do have a people strategy uh, up to 2027. And like that, there's a number of pillars within that. But I would work closely with the quality and diversity and inclusion manager to, um, yeah, to work with the whole workforce. I think it's something we constantly talk about in this podcast, Mary, is that kind of business case side of things. And, you get, and I don't just mean kind of the, the bottom line, the revenue, the succession, all that kind of stuff. You can almost hear it in Linda's voice is that cultural atmospheric kind of energy piece around it as well there is a real business effect of initiatives like this running really deep isn't there there's a huge amount of work involved in you know any any initiative like this and um, so and it's not just it just it doesn't just lie with HR uh, it has to span right across the organization up and down sideways and from every angle you have to have awareness campaigns specific programs policies and procedures the right attitude at the senior level at the board level um you know and and more than that you've got to actually see people in the positions so it it really is an organization wide approach that needs to be taken you know so often if we see HR programs in isolation from the rest of the organization where they just don't work so if leadership sorry not leadership if L&D sits over away from the rest of the organization and isn't linked isn't linked to what the business is trying to achieve ultimately and um, you know which is deliver on its strategy at the end of the day from Linda's perspective, it has to work. The organization still has to operate. You've got to achieve your strategy, your goals, and this feeds into it um, and makes the organization better. And it's very much about, you know, influencing and bringing people along with you. Um, and there are real challenges. You know, I'm sure it hasn't been easy, Linda, you know, just even getting this off the ground. I'm sure it hasn't been easy. Um, but, you know, it's about seeing those challenges, dealing with those challenges, uh, overcoming them and, and pushing forward. Yeah, no, you're 100% right, Mary. And like what you say, the senior stakeholder support is, is critical. So Frank Allen, the chairman now, there's no relation there, uh, has obviously hugely supported. And then Jim Mead, our CEO, who was an apprentice himself, who's worked up through the organization. So has a really good feel for it and really good relationships. And I absolutely found once he stood behind talent management and it became part of everybody's performance objectives and became part of yeah, the, the plans that needed to be realized, the, it, the shift happened. I wouldn't have been able to do it in isolation. Absolutely not. So um, I've had a really good mentor um, over the years. Our commercial director, Jerry Culligan, since he came into the organization, has really helped me a bit about the politics or navigating and how to influence. Um, and that has been 
he doesn't know that formally so I'm, I'm saying it here but he genuinely has helped me a lot and you know things like having a pre-meeting before a meeting and you know I would be somebody maybe who's very open and honest and would just go in and challenge but I, I learned that it's really important not in a dishonest way but to have a chat with people in advance and yeah let them know your key areas that you are focus and what you want to achieve from from the upcoming meeting so yeah I've absolutely learned so much from him and he always gave me a great piece of advice Linda any suppliers who want to meet you any podcasts that might come your way any opportunities like this take them grab them with both hands because everything is such a learning opportunity and yeah I've kind of taken his advice and here I am it's it's brought me to a good place brilliant yep. Stephanie I think so many of our listeners will be thinking Linda um, I suppose how do we get started so I think I think my final question is always the most important question we ask on this podcast and I'll come to both of you but I'll, I'll come to yourself first Linda how can our listeners HR teams leaders kind of get started with something like this I know it's a big huge thing now and it's not going to be a <laughs> you know, they're going to give us a full template straight off the bat but is there any kind of little no. things or, or starting steps that people can take away well, you know, Mary mentioned International Women's Day and this work actually came from a survey, an exit survey, where we had a couple of smiley faces asking people to vote on what would they like to see in terms of support for women. And like that, we had a breakdown at the end and that I followed that up with a series of focus groups and that kind of set the agenda of where we needed to go. So I would be a very much a data driven person, you know, go on the data, um, you know, don't churn out a program for the sake of it or buy an off the shelf piece. Actually look at what's needed culturally. How ready are you? Who have you got to support you in terms of senior stakeholders? make friends with procurement um you know the procurement in irish rail it's so important when you write a piece of tender or you write a good uh, request for quotation and how they support you and i think as well to know that talent management i sometimes picture like a venn diagram which you intersect across so many departments so i've like if you involve everyone in that and make talent management and female leadership development everybody's agenda in a way and a bit like the fishbowl and the women are the fish you know you want to have the water the system the line managers the cultural support you need all the ingredients to be right i think for it to to work yeah that, that would be my advice definitely and same question yourself Marie. that collaboration piece is huge as well isn't it yeah and, and i really liked what you said linda about uh learning how to be political and strategic within the organization i think for hr programs to succeed for talent programs or whatever it might be and we, and we constantly say it here for these things to succeed it is a skill that we must develop in HR that is being strategic, it is being political, it is learning how to manoeuvre at those senior levels of the organisation and also confidence. So many HR people, and I always try and shout out to people here because I know it's not easy. It's not easy when you're dealing with the C-suite and trying to justify what you want to do. You need to have your supporters. And, and like Linda says, those side conversations, those meet, these, uh, you know, meetings before a meeting um, so that you've got supporters and people who will agree or challenge you even privately beforehand so you you know what's coming and you can prepare for it you can 
plan and have your answers. So I, I see in the HR role is a political role. It is one that requires a range and a very broad range of skills. Um, and it's lovely to hear, Linda, how you have been proactively mentored by the people around you, male or female, it doesn't really matter. It'd be great to see more females um, doing that. And you presumably can be that in your organization too, along with the other female mentors that you have there. But that mentoring piece is just so important. Um, and sharing at the senior level with those who are ambitious and who are trying to succeed um, makes just a world of difference in terms of, of you know, moving people forward and, and getting them there. Um, and someday we'll look up and we'll see equal representation um, and we'll see, you know, marginalised groups there as well. Um, and that's the kind of society in the future and the organisation of the future I'd love to see. Um, yeah, and and it's organisations like yours, Linda, that are, are blazing the trail there, and that's wonderful to see. Thanks, Mary. And just to build on that, you know, those words of encouragement from a mentor can mean so much. Like I've had a lot of women in one to one sessions who've talked to me about words that have been said. And it, it just recently happened to me. One of the CIP judges came over to my table and said, Linda, we all said when you finished your presentation, that girl doesn't realize how good she is. And those words, they just really landed with me. And even on a difficult day, I just hear those what he said to me. It just meant so much to me. So if I could say those words to other people that just sometimes to give somebody a small bit of attention, a, a compliment or something that means something to them, it can actually really spur them on. And that's what we and the team, you know, we really try to do in Erin Aaron is to yeah, really tap into people and, you know, to really encourage them and, and help them see their potential, because I really believe everyone has potential maybe just haven't found their niche just yet absolutely and that extra little bit goes a long way in the, and the proof is, yeah proof is in the in the in the wind you got yourselves linda so definitely yeah thanks very much John. yeah <laughs> look thank yeah. you mary linda for a really insightful discussion really enjoyable and hopefully our, our, our listeners got a lot of takeaways there i'm sure they have even me listening there's a lot of things there we can we can take away thank you to everyone for listening we'll catch you next week for the next installment of our podcast so don't forget to click subscribe if you're not already subscribed and join the discussion on our social media channels. Make sure to check the show notes for useful resources related to today's topic. And as always, for HR consultancy services and management you can trust, get in touch with us today at insidehr.ie. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, all. Thanks, Owen. Thanks for joining us today on the HR Room podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR that helps you create the human resources systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, go to www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. That's www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to create the ideal workplace for their business. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or an on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Thanks, and see you soon.